Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hello everyone, I'm Kama and you can find me at Kama Splice on Blue Sky and today I'm joined by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am Chicky on Blue Sky Social. Um, if you're new, as always, we will be spoiling everything show and books and uh, trigger warning for, uh, well, despair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's new trigger warning. It's. I was thinking that. I was like, if we were the kind of podcast who would be like sponsored by BetterHelp, this would be the episode. <laughs> because... Yeah, pretty much. It, it's literally, I, I swear to God, it's like about the stages of grief. Um Yeah. Uh, well, today we'll be talking about, you guessed it, an Aria chapter, Aria 12 from A Storm of Swords. Uh. I'm going to start us off with a quote from the beginning of the chapter, um, which should just set the mood. She could feel the hole inside her every morning when she woke. It wasn't hunger, though sometimes there was that too. It was a hollow place, an emptiness where her heart had been. Uh, where her brothers had lived and her parents, the hole will never feel any brighter, she told herself when she went to sleep. Oh, man. This poor little kid. Yeah. It's just brutal. And it's endless. It's endless, George. It's just nonstop. Well, and you know what I had kind of forgotten about the beginning of this chapter is how depressed Sandor seems as well. They both seem very depressed. Like, Yeah, no, it, it's literally like, it, so like, she just wants to sleep. Like, and if you've ever suffered <laughs> yeah. from with depression or grief yes. or have known people who have, this should sound familiar. She's yes. taking reference, well, I don't, I've never had wolf dreams, but, you know, she's, the only time she seems to have any kind of refuge is when she's dreaming. Um, and in, what we're hearing when she's dreaming is it sounds like Nymeria is now in charge of a massive pack of wolves. Um, but Sandor is not about to let her um, just sleep everything away. You know, he keeps literally dragging her out of out of bed, throwing water on her, just making her move. And again, if you've ever dealt with this kind of thing, sometimes that has to happen. Um, and I don't know that she necessarily realizes that he's helping her, but at the same time, like she has the thought that she thinks she could kill him and yet she doesn't. Um, yeah, well the, the vibe, the vibe from both of them is I could just kill you, but I guess I'm not killing you. And that's, that's just kind of both of them back and forth at each other in a way. Um, well, and there's, yeah, I mean, she... So, like, this is, again, it's all, like, it's just sort of this absolute despair. And, like, she, liter- I mean, literally, she is depressed. I mean, this is this is textbook. I mean, she's convinced oh, yeah. she's alone. Um, as far as she knows, she's got no place to go. She's, like, she t- thinks about her grandfather, who, of course, is dead, but she doesn't know that. And he's, like, she doesn't know him. He doesn't know her. 
this bit about there's a bit in here about Lady Smallwood that just breaks my heart. Um, Ugh, I know. Because clearly Lady Smallwood touched her in some way because Arya thinks about her several times. But she's like convinced Lady Smallwood, you know, wouldn't take her back. And even if she would, Might Arya. Reject her. Yes. Yeah, she's got no idea how to get there. She's convinced she's alone. And yeah. she's like. I mean, literally, she is physically and emotionally isolated, and it's heartbreaking. And she has this survivor's guilt. Like, she keeps thinking she should have just gone back and died with her family. And you can My tell gosh. she has this weird thing where she thinks maybe she could have saved them. And it, you can't tell if it's, you know, did she want to try to save them or just die with them? Well, Which it's for such a small kid is just horrific. Like, what is one of the stages is, like, bargaining you know, yeah. of grief. and I think a lot of this is there. I mean, it's just sort of like she's going back and forth in her mind and there's denial. There's, you know, all this stuff. And it's just these, they're just, it's like, it's so, it's so grim. Um, they run into, so they're traveling and they run in. Oh, and I forgot there's stuff about like, I forgot. Um, like they find a horse for her. But it's like, you know, she doesn't have any attachment to this animal. And well, it's funny. It's almost like it's almost like she's inventing a reason not to have any attachment to it, which is another really sad thing. Yeah, because she's mad. She's mad at the horse for being a coward, which is just. (laughs) Well, and I think she's convinced that if she gets close to anyone, those people are going to go away. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's a lot in here about abandonment, like an absolute ton and they run into one of Sir Mark Piper's, I guess, men who is wounded and dying. And they learn from him how he ended up in this position. And basically, one of Bruce's men befriended him. They started drinking, got him drunk. And then the guy, like, you know, tried to kill him. Well, he's dying. So, you know, he struck a mortal blow. And this guy's gotten away, but, you know, it's, it's, he's not going to recover. And, um, Sander offers him water and the gift of mercy, which the man accepts both. And, um, Sander kills him. And I mean, that's all, it's also grim as hell. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is grim. And, you know, I think there's there's an element here of, you know, you're kind of seeing more of Sanders' humanity that, you know, he doesn't always have to do the brutal thing. He You know, like, he makes sure that this guy gets a drink of water before he kills him and, you know, which doesn't sound like much and probably isn't much in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, these little things where you, you kind of are seeing Arya see the humanity in him. And part of the yeah, reason she's well, not. Well, and it's also this idea of, like, you know, Sander is a soldier. This guy is a soldier. They have that sort of moment of, like, sort of a shared understanding, I guess. Yeah, camaraderie. Yeah. So he dies, and then they take his stuff because, you know, and they have to. They, they you know, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. Um. And then Arya, who has occasionally been asking Sander where they're going, and he's refused to answer her. This time she asks him, and he tells her that they're going to go to her aunt. They're going to go to Aunt Lysa, and he's going to try to ransom her off there. And 
another, I mean, this whole chapter is brutal. Aria wants to go back to the twins because she thinks her mother and Rob aren't dead, but are prisoners. And Sander concedes that her mother might be alive, but he's like, you know, this, there's no way. I mean, the two of them cannot go back to the twins and he cannot get her mother out, even if she's there. Um, and then that night she has a wolf dream. And in the dream, Nymeria finds the corpse of Catelyn. And Nymeria tries to pull Catelyn's body out of the river. But men are coming and they chase Nymeria and the wolves off. You know, I had kind of forgotten how much more deliberate this scene was. I kind of, in my mind, it was just, you know, um, Nymeria seeing her on the side of the river. I forgot that Nymeria actually jumped in and pulled Cat to, like, the bank. And she, Well, there's a whole thing where, and I didn't quote this part um, in my notes, but it's something like Nymeria's, like, rise and come and hunt with us. Oh, you know, and it, it's just. And in the morning, Sander like says, OK, about your mother. And, it, you know, like he's I don't know what he's about to say, but Arya tells him that she saw it in a dream that her mother's dead. And then I guess Sander looks at her for a very long time. And lets it go. I'm and sure I'm, he's like, he's like, whatever makes these conversations stop is fine with me. You can kind of <laughs> see the wheels turning in his head. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it could also be. Well, yeah, or, or it's just these Starks are really freaking weird. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it could be that, too. Or you know, it's I was just thinking, like, maybe I was like, thinking about it. I was thinking about it, though. Is this like another thing that eventually Arya is going to feel guilty about? Like. I was just thinking, so we, in fact, would not have a Lady Stoneheart if it weren't for Arya and Nymeria. And it's like, is she going to eventually feel guilty for that? Can't wait. <laughs> just another thing. Another log on the fire. Oh. I do, it, and I think if we're talking about stages of grief, I mean, this is sort of like, I guess, acceptance. I mean, it's not, she's not at peace with it, but like, she's like, got it in her head. Like, okay, my mother's dead. You know, it's no no longer like... I mean, clearly, I got to say, there is something to that. uh, For me personally, anyway, I had a loved one who um, died and I was unable to see their body. And it was weird how the death just has never really felt completely real to me. I never understood how much that can help with closure, actually just physically seeing a dead body. I'm maybe not for everybody, but for me, so... I kind of get it in a weird way, too. It might have just closed the door for her. Yeah. I mean, it was like that for me, too. I had a parent die, and I um, I wasn't able to be home in time, and my parent uh, donated their body to science. So you, there's no there's no wake or anything. It just, you know, the body's gone. And it, it had that same. It took a long time for me to sort of come to terms with that. So I guess there's definitely something to that kind of visual confirmation. Maybe it's the kind of learners we are or something. I don't know, but yes. (laughs) Uh, So our little duo here start going into the hills and they come across a village where they start working for a while. Like they take one look at Sandor and they're like, okay, you're going to help us build this like whatever stockade or whatever. Um, And while he's there, 
the village elder is like, look, this is, you're, you're trying to get to the area is really not feasible. Um, it's, we're heading into winter. There's, you know, the feral wildlife that are going to try to kill you. And there are all of the mountain clans. It was kind of fun to hear from the mountain clans, just a little check in on some of Tyrion's buddies that they're still thriving. Good to know. Tyrion may not be doing so well, but they, they, <laughs> yeah. And they're okay. Um, so this this is another part that just oh my god. I, there's little bits in here that like it could have been better. It it could have like we could have had a little respite here, but no. So um, basically, Sanders helping them build this thing. He's getting um, they're getting food and they're getting a place to sleep. Um, the village women it, like. It, it's funny they try to get her into a dress and they try to give her like needlework to do and she's like but again she evokes lady smallwood like she let lady Snow- smallwood put her into dresses you know she cared about lady smallwood and she's not doing this again um except there's a little bit later where clearly she's you know you get the feeling that again if she had stayed there a little longer maybe it would have been better there's this heart-rending thing that w- the village elder's daughter, who is smaller than her, um, follows Ari around everywhere and has this little doll that she calls, like, Sir Soldier. And Arya <laughs> is not having any of this and, like, takes the doll and rips it up. And it's like, um, this is this is a real sign, though. And Arya, Arya kind of explicitly thinks it a couple of times about how, like, she doesn't have a pack anymore and how even, like, Gendry and Hot Pie were not really her pack. You know, every time before this that she's been thrown into a new situation, she always has gathered a new pack around herself. And you see her here very actively making another choice where she's not doing that. She has the opportunity with this girl following her around. And she just rejects it and she won't have it. And that is also just another layer of heartbreak. Thank you, George R. R. Martin, in this chapter. Well, and I think like she's convinced, like, again, if she lets anyone get close to her, they're, she's going to lose them. They're going to die. They're going to leave her. She's going to be abandoned again. And she's just not willing to do that. Yeah. But like there are hints there, like um, apparently occasionally she does try to practice her needlework. You know, so there is some sort of like, you know, maybe being and Sander like has the idea that let's stay here for a while, you know, like let's get a break. And like, you know, the village elder basically asks them to leave because there's not enough food for the winter and also, you know, which is the shoe drop is, you know, he knows who Sandor is. And he knows and knows it's going to bring knows problems. he's going to attract problems, which is true. Yeah, this is a heartbreaking thing because yeah, you kind of get the feeling Sander is not interested in moving on. He probably would have just stayed for the whole winter. Well, and like that hint something. with the needlework tells me like it's not like she's just like nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not wearing dresses. I'm not doing needlework. I don't want to get close to anyone. But I mean, she's trying this stuff, so she's saying she's not going to do this stuff, and I'm not arguing that she needs to take up traditionally feminine like activities but i mean like it's to me a sign that she isn't as you know dead inside as she thinks she is 
Yeah, I agree. Well, and that she's maybe healing a little bit. Well, and I think, you know, again, like both of us sound like we've been through some major, like, you know, we've had loss in our lives and, you know, eventually you do start recovering, you know, you, you get up and you start figuring out stuff and you may think about the person um, but they sort of take a different place and the grief is a little bit more blunted and you're able to function. I mean, this is my, mm-hmm. my personal experience. Um, and they have this little break in this village where they're not fighting every day for their lives. You know, their major wants are taken care of. They have some socialization going on. I mean, I, I really feel like if they were allowed to stay, that maybe things would have been a little bit better. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of like a path not taken, them being able to stay somewhere like this village, if not this particular village. But I don't know. But we can't have good things. This is a song of ice and fire. Yeah. And and it's it, it's it this is one of my problems, I gotta say, with the series is like no character is ever a major character. It seems like they are never, ever allowed that little bit of like, okay, we're going to let you have a break for a little bit before we take, it's always unrelenting, you know, it just never ends. Yep. Uh, So they leave. And the new plan is to go to River Run and presumably to um, um, get the Blackfish to pay a ransom for her. And uh, Arya wants to go to the wall because John is there. And as far as she knows, that's all the only one left. Um, and, and Sander, you know, I don't think he's wrong. Just like he's not wrong for wanting to go back to the twins. He's he's not he doesn't want to go to the wall and I think he's got good reasons. The wall is, you know, thousands of miles away. There's all sorts of stuff between them and the wall that is not conducive to <laughs> you know, they've both Yeah. Well, and it's like I think he I think part of why he is, you know, like so depressed is he's realizing he's very much a man without a country. Um, he just has nowhere to go. He's recognized everywhere and everyone hates him to varying degrees. And, you know, I think, I think the North is, he's been there once and people hated him there and they hate the Lannisters and they hate the Baratheons. And, you know, that's who he his liege people have been. And, you know, I think he just knows that would be terrible for him that he's going to have a better shot with Liza. Although I don't, he should know enough about no, Liza to be more concerned about Liza. I feel like. But, well, yeah. Well. I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, even if he was like, let's say not as recognizable and without that reputation, I mean, just logistically, they got to somehow get through the fence. They got, I mean, there's just, yeah, they would, they would have to, I think the only way to do it would be to like go by ship up to like the Manderleys or something and try to go from there. But they now potentially have to contend with Bolton and all those crew. Yeah. It's just, um, but he tells her in addition to, he does list off some of the reasons this time, why this is just not feasible. Um, but he says, you know, I don't give a rat, a rat's arse for you, which is a lie, I think, or your brother. I have a brother too. 
that. I think he does. I mean, I think he does have some sense of responsibility for her. Like, because otherwise he does. He He clearly does. He saves her life. He knows, he knows he's got almost no shot of, of ransoming her. He, he deliberately at the first time did not go toward the twins because he knows what the blackfish is going to do to him if he goes anywhere near there. And, um, you know, the fact that he thought he could go to Liza when he was at court all the time that Liza was at court, you know, like, which he has she was to know right she's a whole bag of weird. I mean, yeah, he knows, he knows she is not, you know, playing with a full deck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he knows, he knows he has very little chance and it's clearly just a responsibility that he feels and he cares, he cares about her. He probably would never admit it to himself, but he doesn't want anything to happen to her. Well, and I think she has some, I mean, she could have killed him. And I mean, honestly, at this point, he's the closest thing she has to, like, a friend. And yeah. I mean, I don't think he would have spent all that time trying to get her out of bed, get her functioning, making her do stuff. He would have just, if he didn't care, he just would have done the whole burrito thing again, you know, where he wrapped her and just dragged her. And it would have been easier because she was so non-responsive but no he did the thing you do with someone you care about like look you got to get up you got to do stuff we got to get you going yeah well and you know there's i feel like we kind of under discuss there's an element of with sander where you know despite the fact that he's this you know horrific brutal you know warlike person he was also basically joffrey's like nanny who wasn't a nanny for quite some time and so he's actually in a weird way used to dealing with difficult kids and and maybe this is a role he actually enjoys in some way and is perhaps seeking out because he keeps ending up in it. I don't know. But now I think I there's an element there. He's like a camp counselor or something. Oh my god. <laughs> like damaged children or whatever. Oh god. Yeah, I mean I think that's an interesting point. I mean, she's not, like, psychotic like Joffrey is, but, I mean, she's definitely challenging. Yeah, she's very challenging. Did we have any mail? Oh, yes, we did have mail on this episode uh, from Buck O'Hare on the Jamie Brienne Discord server. And Buck asks... um, what do you think happens if Sander and Arya somehow get to the Eerie? Hmm. Oh, geez. Well, okay. This could be interesting because about this time isn't, I mean, aren't Sansa and Peter headed there? They are headed there. I don't think they're there yet. And like, if Arya sees Sansa, even with the bad hair dye, she's going to know that that's her sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Lysa is batshit crazy at this point. I don't know. It could be fun. I'll bet somebody's written an, an alternate universe fic. Where that like, happens. Timeline where that happened, where Arya and Sansa end up teaming up against Lysa and Peter or something, Peter. which... I would enjoy. I don't know what happens to Sander. Like I can't imagine Sander managing to survive, but then again, somehow miraculously Tyrion survived the same thing. So maybe there's a chance. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it would depend. I mean, like part of the problem 
Sansa has is that she looks like Cat, and Lysa has the issues with Cat, and I don't know if she has. But I don't know if Lysa would feel the same sense, any sense of like taking in. Like, well, I'll tell you what, Arya probably, Arya couldn't survive Lysa as well because she couldn't tolerate Lysa's Lysa yeah, <laughs> as well as Sansa can. Yeah, well, and I mean, Sansa has had that unique education of dealing with, you know, insane people who want to kill her on like an hourly basis for the past year. Um, yes. And and somehow managing to stay alive. And that probably puts her in, <laughs> gives her a unique set of skills yes. that Arya just does not have. Yes. Yes. Sansa has the ability to just kind of have no expression on her face as like insanity swirls around her. And Arya does not have that ability. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sansa just screams inside. And, um, oh. Uh, well, you would like to scream at us. Uh, send us a message or whatever. You can do that by going to close the door and come here. Uh, or you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com. I'm told we are still on Twitter or whatever Elon Musk is calling it at door podcast. Um, Please like and review us uh, wherever you listen as it helps people find the podcast. And lastly, um, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash close the door. We would like to thank all of our existing Patreons as they help us keep the lights on. And with that, I'm closing the door. Get out.